Listener Production. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. And so in the latest episode, we looked at what's making waves in energy and renewables for 2023. Today, however, we're looking up instead and into space. So Cosmos Magazine journalist Jacinta Bowler is going to take us through the top five space stories for 2023. Jacinta, how are you doing? I'm going really well. Excellent. Had a really nice break. We're back now. We're doing things. So you wrote a fair amount on space for Cosmos Magazine last year, including the most popular Cosmos story for 2022 about an enormous bright satellite called Blue Walker 3, which will be the name of my firstborn. (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) Blue Walker 3, Calabretto? It's it's no worse than Elon Musk's kid, right? (laughs) That's right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look into the future, into the sky. Let's do it. In no particular order, where do you want to start? I think the easiest way to do this is to split it up. We've got five different categories. Let's start with some lunar stuff. Lunar, stuff about the moon. Mm -hmm. This just happened. I think it's really exciting. So I'm going to talk about one in particular. This is the lunar orbiter called Danuri. It was launched in August and made it into the moon's orbit in December. This is really exciting for South Korea because it's the first spacecraft to ever be launched into interplanetary space for them. Oh, wow. The orbiter has a number of purposes. It's not just taking pretty pictures. One of the cameras is called the Shadow Cam, and its job is to see if there are ice deposits on the permanently shadowed regions of the moon. Whoa. But you can't have a good moon satellite without taking some photos of Earth. In the first few days of 2023, it's already taken some photos of Earth rises. So that's like a sunrise, but with the Earth instead of the sun. And they're really beautiful. Basically, you can see the moon's craggly grey surface in the foreground, and then there's the Earth poking out from behind it. So in the Earth itself, you can see swirls of clouds. Australia is visible in the image, as well as Antarctica, parts of Africa and India. It's honestly really gorgeous. I would highly recommend Googling it. Or heading to the Cosmos, is it on the Cosmos website? (laughs) I would highly recommend going to the Cosmos website to check it out. I wrote a story on it, yeah, a couple of days ago. I'm there, I'm there. Let's go on to the next one. Let's look at some planets. This one's actually much cooler than the moon, I reckon. (sighs) There's an explorer that's heading to Jupiter. Um, This one's going to launch in April and it's actually setting up to explore some of Jupiter's moons. It's icy moons in particular. I mean, A lot of them are icy. It's very far away from the sun. Jacinta, this still sounds like a moon one to me, but it's just Jupiter's moon. Okay. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Sophie Calabretto. I am sorry. I am just very problematic in 2023. Well, sure. Fair enough. They are still moon related. However, we've done lots of stuff with our moon. We've had people on there. You know what we don't know much about? Jupiter's moon. And like Jupiter's moon's really far away. I'm going to, I'll give you this. It's, yeah, it's much harder. Okay. And and also the name of this um, explorer, I think this is the best bit, is called Juice. So that's (laughs) Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. And I know it's a bit of a stretch with the acronym, but I like it. (laughs) So this is the first spacecraft to orbit a moon rather than the Earth's moon. Oh, wow. 
the juice spacecraft itself, it looks a bit like a box and strapped to each side is like a Tetris cross-shaped set of solar panels. The plan is to land in Jupiter's orbit by 2031. It's going to orbit the moon Ganymede, which is quite small, but then we'll also look at Europa and Callisto, two of Jupiter's other icy moons. So the purpose of this mission is to look at water on the moons because water could mean life. We also just know very, very little about these moons. So any information we can gain is a huge boost for science. Mm. Let's bring things closer to home and talk about a planet that we all know and love, planet Earth. One Earth-related project I wanted to mention, this is a plane called NASA's X-59. It's an experimental aircraft, and what they're trying to do is hopefully get it to travel at the speed of sound. Oh. That's about 343 metres per second. So super duper fast. Yes. But if you know anything about supersonic flights, you'll know we've been there, done that, all back in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. What they haven't been able to do yet is make the aircraft not have a sonic boom. So this is what they're trying to do here. The hope is that this particular aircraft will make a little thump noise to people on the ground, less than the sound of a vacuum cleaner. Wow, like that is huge. That would be a huge achievement. They're currently planning to fly it at some point in 2023, so keep an ear out for a quiet thump, I guess. (laughs) They're actually hoping to conduct test flights over US cities, which is very brave in my opinion. Yeah, and Jacinta, how is this even possible? Like, being a fluid mechanist, I do understand a little bit about flight, right? Like, how how are they doing this? I don't know, and it's actually been kept really under wraps because obviously they don't want to give all of those secrets away to everybody else. Um, Sure. But, you know, I think the whole thing about being in a city is really fascinating because there were some really controversial experiments over Oklahoma City in the US back in the 60s. It was called Operation Bongo 2. And over a six-month period, 1,253 sonic booms were generated over the town. That's insane. I know. So the outcry and poor handling of the test actually led to the complete shutdown of supersonic transport technology for decades. So, you know, I hope these new guys know what they're doing. Yeah, don't mess it up again. Don't be Operation Bongo 2 v 2, 3. Operation Bongo 3. <laughs> like, yeah, 2 know. v 2, 3. 2 v 2, yeah. Okay, now for one that has made huge waves in science last year, and we've talked about it just a few times on the podcast already, Jacinta, the James Webb Space Telescope. I don't want to go over what we've already spoken about on the podcast, but these incredible images of the universe that dropped last year, they came from this telescope. Astronomers are also still gushing over this telescope. Recently, I spoke to Sarah Webb, who's an Australian astrophysicist from Swinburne University, and Webb basically said we've only scratched the surface of what we'll be able to see with James Webb. No relation there, assumedly. Um, And it's only going to get better the more images that are taken. Now, I don't want to digress at all, Jacinta, but I'm going to because I can. (laughs) So literally my favorite thing from the James Webb Space Telescope, and I I don't want to be dismissive because it's some amazing stuff, but do you remember when that dude, he was, I think his name was like Etienne Klein, and he tweeted a picture of chorizo, (laughs) and he said that it was like James Webb Space Telescope had taken this picture of like, I think it was Proxima Centauri. Yeah, closest star to the sun. Yeah. And everyone was just like, what? And then it was like, just kidding. (laughs) And everyone got angry about misinformation. 
conversation. But it was a while. Like he put it up and then it was a couple of hours yeah. later that he was like, lol jokes, it's a chorizo. And if you look at it, it just looks like a slice of chorizo. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> no, you're right. Like I think if you're just like going through Twitter and you like see it quickly, you're like, yeah, share and like, that makes sense. But if you look at it for any length of time, you're like, it's true. that's a chorizo. <laughs> I did see it for the first time knowing that it was chorizo as well. So like I am slightly biased in my ability to identify chorizo on Twitter. But yeah, he was from, I think it was the director, the research director of France's Alternative Energies and Atomic Energy Commission. I think that makes it slightly worse. It does. I feel like he should probably know better. I mean, the scientific community weren't happy at the time either. But, you know, it could be a moon. It could be a planet. could be a chorizo. Okay, and Jacinta... Lastly, an eclipse. Oh, yes. So our last thing, let's talk about a rare hybrid eclipse that's happening this year. It's on the 20th of April. The last one happened just under 10 years ago in November 2013. Basically, a hybrid eclipse is a mix between a total and annular solar eclipse. So an annular eclipse is where the moon is smaller than the size of the sun, while a total eclipse is when the moon fully blocks out the sun. Okay. Because the Earth's surface is curved, as the moon's shadow moves, it can actually change from one, so a total, to another, an annular. That's so cool. That's very cool. So many Australians will be able to watch it as well. Unfortunately, not the full eclipse. Um, If you're in parts of northwest Australia, you'll be able to see the total eclipse, but all of Australia will be able to view the partial eclipse. Now, Jacinta, in the um, interest of safety, do we have to wear those special glasses so our eyeballs don't get burnt away by the sun? Yes, absolutely. Sunglasses won't do, regular glasses won't do, you need the special ones. With a partial eclipse, it's actually never okay to look directly at the sun, so you definitely need some of those special glasses. You can buy them like wherever and closer to the eclipse, especially in Australia, there'll be lots of them selling in local places as well. All right, Jacinta, I will get me some of those special shades because I'd like to watch the eclipse, but I'd also like to protect my eyes. But thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. I had a really good time. So that was Jacinta Bowler. Jacinta is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Jacinta's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The science briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe, mixing by Darcy Thompson, and I am Dr. Sophie Calabretto. We'll catch you next time.